cool. Uh, I think, is there anything else that we do at the beginning? Um, no, just uh, do your spiel, man. All right. Welcome <coughs> to the youth after the... Oh, have you hey, sorry, I coughed. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a great start today. Right. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Youth After the Rock podcast. Uh, excited to be here again. Uh, it's been like three weeks since we've recorded, so that feels weird. Normally we've been like one or two weeks. Um, not that anyone listening knows how long <laughs> between these recordings is. But uh, really excited to be back here again. We have Eb as usual. Hello, Eb. Howdy. And today we are interviewing uh, Steph Worster. Um, hello, how's it going? Hi, good. Happy to be here. Really excited to have you on. <laughs> um, and I, I guess we can just get into it cool. uh, as usual. So yeah, maybe we could start with, uh, I guess I'm, I'm curious to hear like, what, what are you up to these days? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think everyone else I've interviewed so far, I've kind of talked to them a little bit here and there, but uh i literally have no idea what's up in your life now i I have a tag on in that question what is that green thing behind you oh it's a that's a mirror that i made during uh the like covid shutdown when it first like the city was all shut down it's Mm. one of the like instagram crafts it's spray foam Uh yeah some people made sourdough i made that and said that's enough productivity for me (laughs) (laughs) um Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I, um, you know, vibing. I'm a nanny. That's what I do for work. I went to school for acting. Um, and like before COVID stuff, I was doing a lot of that and like producing, um, like putting up shows and like <laughs> back rooms and bars and stuff like that. So now I'm kind of like recalibrating, kind of trying to figure out like, what I want to be doing with my life. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm an, yeah, you know, the just easy stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I consider myself an artist, uh, and just like a person trying to vibe in the world. What kind of shows were you putting on? Uh, so for a while I was working on a musical called oh. pop punk high. Uh, and it was a pop punk musical mm-hmm. It was very like, <laughs> like dumb and like rowdy, uh, yeah. And then directing like readings of friends' work. Um, cause I was in in college. I I did acting, and so I had a lot of friends who were in other programs, like writing and stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, just trying to like produce your own work, because especially when you're on the like audition grind, you're not really getting to do necessarily work on stuff that's like super exciting or super like stimulating right. um, just because you're not necessarily choosing the material. Um, yeah. Thanks. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously everything you hear in the movies and everything, it's, it's definitely a big grind. Uh, yeah, it in is. New York doing yeah. acting and everything. <laughs> It is, yeah, it is certainly a grind. Yeah, I was working in, like, restaurants and stuff pre-COVID. Happy to not be doing that anymore. I did not like waiting tables. I much prefer nannying um, (laughs) because kids are funny. 
my nanny kid regularly will be like, hey, did you know you have a big face and little ears? <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, I think. She's like, yeah, I just it's important that you know. <laughs> Rude. She, I know. She lives to roast me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, the kids. <laughs> All right, so... <clears throat> going going back to the beginning when were you born where no just kidding um <laughs> but what's what's kind of your early story i think yeah. i don't even remember a ton about um you know I'm, I'm sure that i've heard a lot of your story before but yeah you know where were you at before the rock, the rock how did yeah, you yeah. end up at the end rock? up there I mean, cool that, that's yeah. where we met um yes not, no surprise i think so far that's the common <laughs> thread of the show so, yeah. yeah, I um, I was born 93, 1993. Um, That's the year I graduated. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I just turned 30 this year. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was born in Southern California. My parents um, had gone to Azusa Pacific, which is one of the one of the big old Christian colleges in California. Um, my dad was actually a youth pastor at like the beginning of their marriage and like around when I was born. And then I think he had to uh, transition to something that <laughs> paid a little more once they <laughs> started a family. Um, so yeah, I grew up like church was huge. My parents are still super, super involved. And it was something, um, yeah, I grew up with like a very just very involved in the church like we were not casual it was like you get there an hour before everything so mom can set up her sunday school class and dad's like in charge of the ushers and then you stay for an hour or two after everything's done because you have to like wrap everything up um so like yeah that so that it's been a part of it was a part of my life just like from the get there's i can't remember a period of my childhood when we were not like deeply involved. And so when we moved up to Northern California, my parents joined a church plant in Natomas. Um, and we, and again, that was like su super interesting to look back on because it did, it did have a very like, like startup-y kind of culture. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, especially with like the evangelical nature of it, of like, gotta get people here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I grew up very much in that and like that for a long time was like a a big source of like my social life as a child um and i think because my parents were so involved there was some of that um that like feeling of pressure of being like watched or expected to act a certain way because like it wasn't a huge church so like everybody knew everybody so you couldn't get away with anything like there's always someone being like mm, you know tell your mom i think it seemed very natural to get super involved and to want to be very invested because that was what I saw modeled by my parents that like in order I don't know like I don't know if I'm making sense I, I know I'm making sense I'm just I'm rambling <laughs> that's how I feel most of the time uh, I, I'm curious if if I can interrupt um, yeah oh, please what sort of churches were like the ones you grew up in and the church plant I the church plant was part of the Wesleyan church or it was planted by a wesleyan church and they were very uh the pastor and his wife i think both grew up baptist mm -hmm. so it had some of that like baptist flavor to it but it wasn't anything like what i experienced at the rock that was 
definitely like a whole new world when I got there where I was just like, oh my God, this is so like intense and like almost like magical. And um, yeah, it was all stuff that I'd like heard about that I had always been told like, oh, that does that's not really what like happens anymore, um, which I think was part of like the allure to me. Um, once I was in like middle school, I started going to like on my own without my family, started going to a youth group at a Presbyterian church really close to my middle school because a lot of my friends went there. Um, and again, just by like, and because my parents were, I'm the oldest, I have two sisters. So I definitely got the, um, <laughs> I was the guinea pig child. And so I think my parents loosened up more with my younger sisters, but I was certainly the one that like very like intense about like what I was allowed to consume like media wise. Like I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter because witchcraft. Um, right. And yeah, <laughs> which in and of itself was its own thing as like a child being like, I can't participate in this thing that all my friends love. And like, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really, I, well, I guess I don't necessarily relate, but I, you know, I had five older siblings, so I you know, caught the tail end and was not yeah. the guinea pig and was like, oh, I get to do cool stuff. I don't get yeah, my mouth like washed sick. out with soap when I do something bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I was definitely the, the, the test child. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I started going and this was like my version of like teenage rebellion was being like, I don't want to go to your church anymore. I want to go to my own church. Um, and I got super, super. Wait, your, your version there. of rebellion was just to go to another church. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was just like, I'm, I want to go to a different church and the, I would have like huge fights with my parents about it. Wow. Uh, it was like a major point of contention because I'd be like, I don't want to go with you on Sunday. I want to go to my church with my friends. Um, wow. And like that one, I like it better. Um, I'm curious, like what, what was different about the Presbyterian church versus like the, the Wesleyan church? Yeah. Cause I'm sure the rock was maybe way different. Yes. Um, this one, what really got me, it like involved was a specific youth pastor there who <gasps> man was a character um yeah he had just graduated bible college and was like one of those hardcore like calvinist bros like theology bro and i like i've always loved reading and learning like i loved school i loved um just like learning new stuff and so he kind of started like <laughs> there's like a little group of us that were like super devoted and close to him and like always reading and like learning. And it just felt very like affirming to have this person like pay attention to me. Um, Cause you know, you're, I was 13 mm. um, and you know, onset of like puberty and all of these changes. And like, that was when I first, um, like start had my first experience with like depression and was just like struggling and looking for something to cling on to. And so I got really involved in like theology, apologetics. Um, and yeah, and at this Presbyterian church, it was another church that was like, had been around in the area for a while and had a very tight knit group of like 
members. And, um, and even then, even though I was like, you know, on the whole, like, I'm going to find myself a nice husband someday and be a good, devoted, submissive wife, um, which is just like, not my personality. Um, anyway, even then, like, I'm a very intense person. I feel things very deeply. And I'm, I like to I like to argue. I like to discuss things. I like to talk about ideas. I don't uh, feel like I need to be quiet about what I think, which obviously uh, was a tough personality trait to have in this kind of setting. Spent a lot of time fighting with grown men um, and just like arguing, um, which was like I'm partially grateful for because I think it did create a strength in me that's like you know what i'm not gonna back down but also was very uh (laughs) traumatizing in other ways um because like this youth pastor that i was like so devoted to was also just like kind of full of shit like (laughs) would say things like well you're a teenager so you actually can't form abstract thought yet (laughs) whereas he's like 23 years old or something exactly yeah and he's like yeah you can't think abstractly so like this is too complicated for you and i'm like extremely so um but also this person that in our like relationship had this like he was at the top he had the power Mm. he had the authority um and yeah struggling to and this is where i went to this church also and do you remember bleepily bleep 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 no, we shouldn't say names. I mean, we can maybe like bleep. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go back. Uh, <laughs> um, but like a lot of people that ended up going over to the rock were people that I met at FPC, um, which isn't the name of that church anymore. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, won't matter. Um, yeah. So like had this really tight knit group of friends that were all like super devoted to this youth pastor. Um, he ended up leaving to go become a full pastor at another church. Um, And yeah, just, I don't know, as I started getting older and I think just less impressionable because I was no longer, you know, a 13 year old that was like, please help me. I'm so depressed. I'm so sad. I just need like something that makes me feel like not terrible all the time. Um, That relationship got more fraught and like, he he just exerted like a strange amount of control mm-hmm. that like looking back i'm just like what why did you want this as like a grown man like what were you getting out of this um yeah which i'm sure you <laughs> you understand this like yeah this like weird authority that these like people where it's like you're just a guy like you're just some guy right but like you've taken it upon yourself to be super invested in like the inner workings of like teenage relationships like between each other and like yeah and it was very um it's it's strange <laughs> like it is I'm yeah just, yeah i i resonate so much with that that just like as i got older into my 20s um and hit certain ages i'm just like wait a minute this is the age that that youth pastor was when he was mm-hmm. telling me this stuff. I don't know anything. 
And I'm like <laughs> 25, yeah. let's say. He was 25 when he thought he had the world all figured out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just telling you how, like, this is how it yeah. is. And, and like, I think yeah, part I mean, of it is just kind of the, the system, the Bible, whatever. The, yeah. The culture of it. That's how. Like you need to have yeah. that confidence in order to be in that position. Um, yeah. And I mean, especially I think as a man in those sort of evangelical circles, it's like, well, God is the head of the church and the man is the head of the family unit or whatever like system you're part of. It is helmed by a man who is selected or like special in some way because God picked him or he had a calling to do this. Um, right. Yeah. And like, it was, it was tough because I, again, was super into like, I love theology and reading and was reading like John Piper and like old C.S. Lewis, like theology books and like all that stuff. Um, and was like, oh, I think it'd be so cool to be like a biblical scholar or like a pastor. And he was basically just like, well, you're a girl, so that's not going to happen. Just like straight up, which was crushing. Um, and I think part like in my mind was like oh okay so like the way around that and I think I I think you'll understand this Justin is like I feel like people like that they marry the guy who's like the pastor because then you get to have that adjacent power um right yeah and I I started dating someone from that church from that youth group my first like first big relationship um and that was also super tough because it, he was someone whose family went to the church and like very like involved and liked. And so suddenly there was like a lot of like attention on me in terms of just being like, are you doing the right thing? Are you making smart choices? Um, and like having other like adult women at this church tell me that I was like a flirt and being easy and like all of this stuff that was super one, not true. Yeah. Like, just like not true. I was, I mean, deep in purity culture and deep in like right. being traumatized by that. Like yeah. it was so like, I was terrified. It was like, I'm too, I'm too terrified to do anything. Like this person and I held hands, like this was the first boy I held hands with. And that was a huge mm. thing. Like this was my first kiss and you know, and I, I can remember like going, like we'd hang out on our little dates and we'd like make out and I would have like full blown panic attacks mm -hmm. because I felt so awful. I felt like I was doing something wrong. I felt like I was like, I was jeopardizing this person's like integrity in some way mm -hmm. by just like existing and wanting and feel des feeling desire. Mm -hmm. which is yeah makes me so sad to think back on because it was love yeah. Um, yeah, i think what's really interesting about that church um what was really interesting to me at that point um when you and other people from there started hanging out at the rock was yeah it seemed like dating wasn't as like discouraged there as it was at the rock mm -hmm. like at the rock there was very much like a like you shouldn't date as a teenager at all. Um, yeah. And I think we saw that in like Josh and Jordan's episode of like 
like everyone was kind of doing it secretly if they were doing it at all yeah um, and so like when i when i got to know some of the people from that church and i was like oh people are like dating each other that's weird <laughs> like yeah there was definitely like you're allowed to date but it was very like you're allowed to date to get married like and i know people from then who are married to the person that they were dating yeah. during that time um and that was very much the like expectation was like great you found your person here you found your little pair you snapped them up you you're gonna get married um and i when i started going i think the first like big thing i did at the rock was going to one of the winter camps up at that like weird hotel with like the sulfur springs it, it, was it this hotel that you took this really windy road to get to it felt a lot like so the shining looking back <laughs> yeah it was like there spooky. were literally it like old. old pictures of big groups of like men in suits there like it was so felt so yeah, much like, like the shining looking back yeah and it was like an old where they'd like ah oh, they came here for the natural hot springs for their health yep and, but um, it was like sulfur hot springs or something mm-hmm. like they had a sulfur well yeah, they smelled yeah, so, so the bad. the smell of rotten eggs would just waft in every once in a while. Everywhere. <sighs> yeah, that was my first, like, because I'd been going, at that point, I had been, like, going to services at The Rock for a while with my friends, and we were all very, like, we had all become very disillusioned with the church we were going to. Um, I think, again, because we were all very young and, like, passionate and genuinely, like, believed in, you know... <laughs> We were all in and we wanted to change the world and help people and save souls and make the world a better place and like alleviate suffering. Um, And then butting up against this church that was very much like an established system and then being like, "Mm, that's not how we do things around here. Um, And so I think The Rock was so like, oh, wow, like, like they get it. They they're on the same wavelength as we are. Like they want, they don't want to stifle us um, to fit into their little bubble. Um, so yeah, one of the winter camp, or I don't know if it was winter camp, but that was one of those super intense experiences that I had at the Rock. I um, and <laughs> now you saying that dating was super discouraged. Felt very convicted to break up with my boyfriend. Classic um yeah you know like making it's like i know it's like oh well an idol so this poor boy i like out of nowhere get back dump him i'm like sorry can't do this um and looking back and i actually recently like reconnected with this person at a wedding of another friend and we were able to like talk about all of this which was super fascinating um because i think part of it like the the conviction to break up with this person there was a level of like like in my gut just fear because i was like i know that like being with this person i am on a path where i don't necessarily have choices like there are things i have to do if i want to be with this person and like it's supporting what he wants will always come first um and that was terrifying because I already didn't feel like I had very much control over my own life or any sense of like my own identity. Um, yeah. And I don't know, getting to talk to him a couple of years ago, like both as adults 
was really interesting uh, and like getting to communicate that to him. And so that did that sort of like upended my life, like ended that relationship. I had always done theater and been involved in like theater at my high school and, you know, also felt like, oh, making an idol of that need to quit that, like quit everything um, and just focus on uh, this. At this point, yeah, how um, at this point? This would have been like my junior, end of my junior year of high school. Um, so a lot of stressors of like applying to colleges and like figuring all that out. And to me, I always got this vibe at The Rock that like you were, they weren't necessarily going to say don't go to college, but it would, they would rather you stay there and like do stuff with them or go to a school in town. And like, yeah. I don't know. And there were all these cool older, like college age people who like lived in like little houses in the neighborhood. Yeah, that, I think um, that we kind of talked about that with um, Sean and Jordan, uh, like the Prado family. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. They had like a college mm-hmm. age internship where they all kind of lived in this like yes. commune sort of thing next to the commune church. kind of thing. And it looked so yeah. cool. Um, yeah. And like one of the, a, a woman, a girl, who was in that was actually someone who I had known from attending the church that my parents were part of. Like we had known each other as kids. Um, and she came from like a big family. They had like tons of kids. And so she was a little bit older, but she and I reconnected and I had always like, she was so cool and like so beautiful and so like creative. And so that was just like another thing where I was like, Oh, this part, like it's a sign, like, so yeah, I'm getting, I'm like getting more involved at The Rock and that, and just like, I don't know, it felt so like magical is the the word that I like keep coming back to just because it would like, you know, you're having people come up to you and be like, I have a, like a message for you. I have a word for you um, and feeling so I don't know. It makes you feel special. It makes you feel cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also like, it feels cool to be like, yeah, I'm tapped into this thing, this like force that's like beyond what you can see beyond this physical world. Um, How long it's did exciting. That last um, and probably about yeah. a year. And that then, and again, just like after sort of like, getting rid of all the other stuff in my life, like getting rid of this relationship, getting rid of like the thing that I cared about doing, which was theater and acting and like doing that. I mean, like, all right, I'm putting all my focus into this um, there. And I had never really been someone who like struggled with doubt. Like I always felt like a deep connection to what I was, to what I was doing. Like, like my faith was very pure it was very like internally motivated from like i feel this love i feel this like this thing it feels gratifying um but yeah i mean started getting back involved in theater and stuff so and you know it's the theater i had gay friends i had like these other friends who were so different from this world and like it just got harder to live with the dissonance of I'm part of this group that believes these certain like if you're a certain way if you're gay if you're 
like, or if you just don't believe exactly what we believe and do the same things that we do, you're going to hell. Like you're wrong. You're not doing it right. Like you're not going to live a happy, fulfilled life. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think also just being deeply, deeply repressed because I like, I'm queer. I, and like that through college was a journey that I went on. Cause it was so like, it wasn't even something that like I could access at the time. Cause there just wasn't space in my like worldview for that. Were you going um, through any of this thought process like earlier than college, like through high school or middle school or even? I, <laughs> I would always, yes, but I did like, just the disconnection. Like I would constantly have like mm. girl crushes where I was like, Oh my God, I have a girl crush. She's so cool. And like, I just want to be her. I think she's the most awesome person in the world. And just like, you know, spending hours like stalking through the social media of some girl that I don't know, just mm. being like, she's so beautiful. She's so cool. And like not connecting that it's like, no, you just had a mm. crush on this person. Like you just thought she was pretty and like, interesting and cool and had a crush on her and but like could not it was mm -hmm. such a problem to to be gay and to especially to act on it or to even acknowledge it yeah. like to yeah like alienating it's something that you would have to like admit to and confess yeah. um and i already again the purity culture had so much guilt around like just having any sexual feelings mm. at all um so like just very disconnected from like my body and my like experience as just like a human growing up and maturing and like becoming a grown person like it you have to it felt like you had to cut that part of your life off and like not engage with it in any way and i felt so much guilt mm -hmm. for even wanting anything or even feeling like sad that it was like oh like uh, i never get to try things and yeah. even that like the fact that i'm sad about it shows that like i'm in spiritually immature and that i'm into this or like it it was just like a i don't know i can't think of the right word but like yeah guilt for feeling it guilt for not feeling bad enough about it yeah um and that was something that started getting harder and harder as I was and nearing the end of high school and having to like make decisions about like what I wanted to do for college, where I wanted to go, what I wanted to focus on, how I wanted to like begin my adult life. Um, and just feeling so much fear and anxiety that like, even if I, like choose what has been presented to me as the correct path. I was like, I'm still unhappy. Um, Cause like all through call, all through high school and middle school, I struggled with my mental health and with self harm and disordered eating. And that was something that like, I never found relief or answers for in any kind of like these religious settings. Like, yeah. Like what was, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you were grappling with those things and I, I guess, did you expect that eventually if you kept doing the things like God would take that away from you or like something along those lines or. Yeah. The, 
yeah, that it would, it would change or I wouldn't have to struggle with it anymore. Um, by giving it up to God, that it would be fixed. Um, which looking back is deeply ironic because it basically was just like dissociating and being like, well, if I give this up, if I'm just like, it's out of my hands, it'll fix itself somehow. Um, or God will fix it. Um, but really what I was doing was just not dealing with it and not, and just not having the tools to see that like all of these things were like attempts to feel in control because I felt like I had so little control and so little space to know myself. Like I also just didn't feel like I knew myself at all because it was so like, it's not about you. It's about God. So just focus on that and like not wanting to like explore an inner world because that would just lead to discovering more things that you struggle with or that you need to give, give up. Um, yeah. And very much that sort of mindset of like, if I enjoy something too much, if I love something too much, it will become an idol and I will be asked to let it go, which, you know, makes it impossible to feel a sense of like security. Um, or like trust in your own judgment at all because it's like if i want this well i'm inherently sinful so if i want this it must actually be bad so i need to figure out what the the, like actual good thing or the right thing to do is um so there's like a constant hamster wheel you said it took you about a year to kind of lose the magical feeling and then once that started what was going on with you i so i like towards the end of my senior year, I like was starting to get um, like college acceptance stuff back. And I, when I was applying to colleges, had only applied to Christian schools. Um, so like only Christian colleges. And for like the longest time I'd been like, I'm going to go to Biola because that's like what that the youth pastor went to and was like, yeah, it's the best blah, 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 all that. Um and when I, it came time to like make a decision and commit to a place, I just completely panicked. It was like, I can't do, do this. I don't think, I just cannot see like a future in which I am happy if I do, if I go to one of these schools. I like, I don't think anything's going to change. I think it's going to be more of what I've already experienced. And I, that hasn't left me fulfilled. It hasn't none of my struggles have gotten easier. None of these problems that I have have been not even fixed, but like acknowledged as actual pain. Um, So I basically like told my parents, I was like, I actually don't want to go to any of these colleges. I'm going to go to Sierra college for a year and apply to acting schools. um, Because that's what I want to do. That's the thing that sounds most exciting and like invigorating to me. And I had kind of like, I had stopped going to church as much at this point and was like hanging out with other people, but I still really hadn't like, like I wasn't like partying or doing any of that because that was also, you know, very demonized. Like, you know, oh, the people who party and drink and smoke, like they just want to have fun. Like they, they're just doing that because like they got bored of being good. Um, So I wasn't even like really doing much of anything yet. I was just sort of like, in this space of like, okay, I don't know if I like buy into all of this anymore. 
just because like I have friends that I see that are living like happy lives and they don't believe what I have been told is the what you have to believe to be fulfilled and to be happy um you know meeting other like doing theater stuff in like the Sacramento area and meeting older people where it was like oh like you have a a good life you seem happy and things things weren't lining up right um and I just had this like deep sense that like if I continued on the path that I was there was going to be aspects of my life and myself that I would not get to access and that I would have to like turn away from so did you start having like conversations? Um, and I didn't want to do did that. You start having conversations with the community about the community about all this and a little bit, a little bit, and it and that was also very discouraging because I basically just got slapped with the like apologetics mm-hmm. books of like this man went out to prove that like God isn't real, and then he got convinced that he is, and he wrote this five hundred page book about it. So read that, which to me like was just so dismissive and dumb where I was just like like you know me you know what I like you're gonna give me this book like huh like take me seriously Mm -hmm. um and so I basically just like ghosted was like I'm gone I'm not gonna talk to these people anymore I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. cut this off and sort of like find a new way and like and pretty much all of my friends were people from this church community I have I had like one other close friend who is not part of it and she and I are still extremely close she's incredible um and she was like the one person I had who was just sort of like yeah if you don't believe that anymore that's fine dude like do you like you're my friend I know you like that doesn't matter to me because I she was never in it she was never she never got like sucked into it um, was that like instant relief so for I, you or was there still kind of like, you know, remorse or sadness or anything like that? Definitely a lot of, a lot of sadness, a mm. lot of anger and resentment. Um, Cause I suddenly like, I went from having like friends and community and a social life to having like nothing. Like I had no one to hang out with, no one to talk to. And I felt alienated from my parents because even when we had our disagreements, because they were very freaked out by The Rock. They were like, oh, I don't know about all that stuff, that woo-woo, speaking in tongues. And so even blah. your parents being church-going um, people thought The Rock was too out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were very like, oh, which made, I think, also made it more appealing because, again, my version of rebellion was like, right. I'm going to this church and you can't stop me because it's about God and you can't argue with God. Um, I, um, but I, yeah, I kind of want to cut in because I, I remember mm. you sort of ghosting, as it were, like, um, mm-hmm. since Stephanie disappeared, like, where is she now? Yeah. Um, as I knew you then. Um and I, you had like, the youth group was kind of having different student leaders give like sermons on, on like at youth group oh and you gave one. And I think that was your last time at the youth group. 
And yeah. I remember that because oh like I was talking to the youth pastor, you know, I don't know, at different points after that. Um, and he would, he didn't have another like female give a sermon again because he was like, wow. oh, Stephanie like gave a sermon and like ditched. Like, I think, and ditched. like, I think the implication was like, she's a female and shouldn't have been given this, like, what this position. Yeah. Of that was the take, that was teaching. the takeaway. I mean, I yeah, remember. Yeah. That's crazy. Man. Yeah. And I, when I did that, I remember when I like told him my pitch, he like suggested that I was plagiarizing or that he was like, Oh, well, where did you hear this? And I was like, I thought of it. Like you told me to think of something. So I thought of something like I did like, yeah. And I, that rubbed me the wrong way. That's kind of a silly um, question anyways, because like, uh, where does anybody yeah. hear anything? <laughs> exactly. I was like, and like, I'm, I'm like, all of this is based on an ancient book. Like, there's only so many like ideas in it. 17 or 18. I'm like, how much do you think I'm expected to know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I heard. Yeah. Ooh. I forgot about that. Yeah. But, yeah, I. And that. Yeah. I, wow. I haven't. I haven't thought about that in a oh, long time. Like a um, yeah. Because, yeah, I remember there being, like, it was very, like, con- like I could tell that it was, like, controversial that I was pushing so hard to be, like, I want a position of leadership. I want. Um, and that was something I had always wanted. And it was always a problem at these churches because I would see boys doing it and being, like, it's so natural and so easy. Like, you just let them do it. Why, do- why am I having to fight so hard? Um, and then also just feeling like I'm smarter than these guys. Like I know more than them. I've read more than them. Like I'm better at writing and speaking than them. Like I love being in front of a crowd. I love performing. Um, and yeah, I mean, the only space for, I feel like girls and women in that was like, you can sing. Right. Or like, lead Wait, so you can sing. Stuff. Yeah. So how many other sense? So you gave a sermon yeah. and then you left. And their takeaway is don't ever let women give yeah. sermons again. Like, how do you make that, draw that conclusion? Like, what, did you give a bad sermon? Like, what? So you gave no, a great sermon, then you just left. So the takeaway is no more women. Yeah, I just kind of like, yeah, I just kind of stopped uh-huh. going. I think also part of it was like, I was for the first time feeling all of this like doubt and like not sure. And so part of it was like, I don't want to lie. Like, I think for me and something that like, I always really held on to was like, this is what I genuinely believe. And if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be doing it. And like, I want to be as honest and open and transparent as I can be. Um, And like very judgmental of people where it's like, oh, you say you believe this, but you behave in this way and you do these things. So, like, why bother? Mm-hmm. Um, so this very, like, black and white thinking, which eventually, like, led to me being like, well, if I can't fit into this framework, I'm going to leave because I'm not a liar. I'm not fake. Um, but I think indicative of, like, 
where your mind is at when you're, or at least for me, where my mind was at when I was so deep in this. Um, so I'm, th- I'm honestly thankful because it did, it was what propelled me to be like, all right, fine. Like then I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, um, was it like when, when you left, was it, and yeah, I, so leaving church, but like, was it simultaneously leaving God for you? No, I definitely still, I don't know. I was very unsure. I wasn't like straight to like, there is no God, God is dead. Like none of this is real. Um, But I was very like, I don't know, like different paths and like, you know, started taking college classes and was taking like um, some like Asian art history classes and learning about like Buddhism and Taoism and like different ancient religions um and realizing that it's like oh like this isn't the only one and there's no real like solid way to be like but this is the most true one um and so yeah got drifted more into a very like hippie woo woo like the universe and all things are connected, which like to some extent, I do still believe that all things are connected. But I think that's just because we're all here on this planet and we're all alive and like depend on each other, whether we want it or not. Um, But it was also just like at a point where I was like, I don't want to deal with spirituality anymore. Like I want to just like live my life and like experience things and try stuff and, you know, be wild and go to parties and you know, all of the stuff that I felt like I'd never, I never did. I never got to do before. Um, and not like, and not feel like I had to answer to anyone or that like someone was going to tattle on me or I was going to get in trouble. Um, cause there was so much of that of like, even if someone perceives what you're doing, like if they have an issue with it and say it to a, like a certain authority figure, you're going to get talked to. You're going to be put in this really uncomfortable position of feeling like you have to confess or you have to repent for something that you're like, I didn't even realize that I was doing anything wrong. And like, I don't understand why, like (laughs) why people are watching what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm, I'm curious. So you start going to Sierra college, like, mm -hmm. and I guess, how did you end up in New York? I, so I applied to, I think I only applied to like two acting schools because I had seen um, NYU's program like advertised and was just instantly like, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to go. I want to go to New York. I want to live in New York. Um, and so I, and the the program that I was in, you had to audition for it because it's an acting performance program. So, and I, at this point, had started dating this, like, slimy older guy. He was, like, 25 and still there um, doing, yeah, gross. (gasps) The things you do to rebel. Because, yeah, it was basically, yeah, I'm going to date this gross older man who wants to date a girl who just turned 18. Like, super chill, obviously not icky. Um but you know, it was like, this is my choice. I get to do things. Um, and even through that relationship, we like, I never, we were never actually like, we never had sex because I was still so traumatized and afraid. Like I just couldn't, like, it was not something I felt comfortable doing. 
Um, and that was its own struggle of feeling conflicted of like, I can do anything I want now, but I still get so scared and like my body shuts down and this panic response happens and I don't know why. Um, and that was really tough to navigate in like leaving this world and then entering like the real world or the secular world and wanting to participate, but the fear and the guilt and the shame doesn't go away just because you're not in the environment anymore. Um, and so, yeah, I'm still <laughs> struggling with like my mental health and yeah, I don't know, suddenly feeling like I was alone because I couldn't really connect with my parents or my peers anymore. Um, but I got into, I ended up getting into NYU and moved and broke up with that guy, moved to New York in 2012. And I mean, you know, it was this whole new world. I was, cause I was living at home when I was going to Sierra college. So like still under my parents' roof. So this was really the first time that like I had total freedom to not have to answer to someone about where I was going or what I was doing. Let me ask, um, um, what about your parents? You know, like when you left the rock and you're in this little trans transitory phase and then before you leave for New York, you know, how, what's their take on all this? I, I mean, I, I was also just like so, so depressed when all of this was going happening that like, I know they were worried and my mom had like wanted me to start seeing a therapist. And it was this woman from her Bible study, which like, like, you know, best of intentions, but from the get, I was like, I'm not telling this lady anything. Like she does Bible study with my mom, even though she has like a Hippocratic oath. I do not trust this woman. Like I fundamentally cannot trust her. Um, so like, you know, did a couple of sessions with this, therapist but it didn't really go anywhere do much um my sisters were neither were as like deeply involved as i was and neither one really got into the rock the way i did um but they did attend occasionally or yeah and they i think my sister my middle sister did a couple of times it was just like all right this is a you <laughs> yeah. thing good luck with that I remember meeting her. um because my sisters are yeah she's a deeply intimidating person. Heather is really, <laughs> I'm the like, ah, like emotions loud, like everywhere, yelling, running around. And Heather's very quiet and reserved. Um, and so that was also always like the, you know, the thing in my family was I was the emotional one. I was the crier. I was the, the this and that. My sisters were much more sedate and like even. And yeah, I don't know, especially with my middle sister, there was definitely um, during that time this like tension and resentment because I could tell like I was just mad because I was like, I feel like my parents think she's better than me because she still goes to church. But like, she's an asshole and like, she's not even nice. And like, what's the point if you're not going to be a good person? Like, what, just because you go to church means this and that and like 
and she also just like and it's always been this way it was I was the one that would argue and she was the one that would say okay and then go do whatever she actually wanted to do um and so yeah just like feeling very angry and alienated from my family because just like oh you just want me to like fit into this mold so that you can look a certain way to your community um but you don't actually care if I'm good or not or like what my values are um and now and like you think that because I don't go to church that I'm suddenly a bad person um, and that I don't like value anything and I have no morals, um, which, yeah, it was always very infuriating because, again, the moralistic thinking doesn't go away hmm. just because you leave. Um, so that was still like very there, but suddenly like, you know, moralistic thinking, but without a framework. So desperately trying to find things to hold on to. Um and I actually like my, so I transferred to NYU. So I was going there as a sophomore um, and like end of my sophomore year, I met a guy who was a friend of a friend. He didn't go to the school, but he, this was like my relapse back into religion. He was part of basically like a kind of culty commune kind of thing. Very much the rock vibes, um, but in North Carolina um, and again, very like charismatic, intense, sort of woo woo, um, like living on this like farm commune with all these other young creative people. Like he was going to school for film. Not, not Christian, um, they were Christian. Um, and I like met him and we immediately like really connected and, um, and like we're still friends now, which is cool. Um, he's a great guy. Um, also has left all of that, um, you know, like had a crush on this person and wanted to be with them. And so kind of like, was like, all right, I like, I know this game, I can go along with this. Um, and it was also really nice, like, you know, love bombing works. <laughs> um, like, all of the people at this like commune that he lived at, like knew, like, he would tell them all about me. And like, when we'd be FaceTiming, they'd pop in and be like, oh my God, I love you. Like, I love you so much. And like, literally telling me that. And like, when I came to visit, would have like gifts for me and just like so much, so over the top. And it was, I mean, they lived somewhere beautiful. So like this beautiful, like woods and nature. Um, and so I sort of like dipped back into that. Um, but this time this person and I were having sex and we're having a physical relationship. Um, and so there was that, and that was the first time that I was experiencing this, like, Oh, like I'm saying I I'm like participating in this, but like, I don't think I really am into it because I kind of just want to be with this person. And this is what I need to do to be with him. Um, yeah. And just like, and again, there was like a lot of pressure from this person who had not yet really gone on his own journey of discovering like what worked and what didn't for him. Because, um, yeah, coming to New York and suddenly having this like clean slate at the time, it was it's always been really hard to talk about this and explain it mm -hmm. to people who haven't experienced something like it. 
which was part of what um, the relationship with this person that like, who is in this sort of like commune cult thing was so affirming was that he understood. And so he was sort of in his, the rock era when I met him. Um, and I just like hadn't, it was just so nice to feel understood and to feel like this person gets where I'm coming from and understands. Cause like, I think everyone feels imposter syndrome, but especially going into this like art school with a lot of these people who grew up with like super liberal parents, like, you know, just, Oh my God, my cat is trying to like get his entire mouth around my phone. Um, just people who grew up so differently than me um and it like so foreign to them and like i can't tell you how many people when i've like and i heard this in the first episode you guys did like telling them about speaking in um speaking in like talking about like speaking in tongues and people being like can you do it now show me now Um, like at parties and stuff and being like I could, but this was actually like deeply traumatizing, and I don't know if I want to do that right now. I'm trying we to have fun. We tried that in so the episode you heard is not the first time we did an episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you would mention that that like recording stuff, and but yeah, like you know, and so it was something that was very interesting about me to all of these people, and like going to NYU and being in the program was this totally new experience where suddenly like all of the things that I had been told were bad, like wanting attention for how I looked or just wanting attention in general and wanting people to look at me and pay attention to me. And like, you know, charm, what is it? Like charm is deceit, charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting. Like opposite end of that, of suddenly realizing that like, Oh, like, I have a social, like, I have a certain social currency because, like, people find me attractive. So I can, like, call, I did improv during college, um, which within the, like, Tisch School of the Arts is their version of, like, sports. So I suddenly, like, had a lot of the things that I had been craving and trying to achieve at these different churches of, like, oh, like, I'm I'm part of the in-group and I'm, and, like, people... Like, I have a certain authority all of a sudden. Yeah, my sister um, went to Tisha for fashion design. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Oh, that's funny. Um, when did she graduate? It's been, it's been a while. Can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. Um, but, yeah. And I don't know. So, like, part of it was super exciting and fun. And, you know, like... It's it was fun to feel popular and to feel like desired. Um, but then also like feeling like I was moving in a world that I didn't know how to move through. Like I didn't know how to navigate um like exploring my sexuality or even just like stuff like consent and like learning about that. Like that was never a conversation I had as a teenager or as a young person, like blossoming into an adult and I had to do a lot of that learning on my own through trial and error and feeling very like all right there's no one I could talk to about this I just have to figure it out for myself um which then you know causes other trauma and and that was something that I was really 
angry about for a long time because I was really resentful towards my parents and all the like adults in my life because I just felt so like you were just going to throw me into the world with no tools Mm -hmm. and then like anything bad that happens to me is my Mm -hmm. fault yeah Um, it seems to be like a common thing right like everybody's saying how they're just unequipped coming out of church going to real life right yeah that's how yeah I felt and like there were just like references I didn't understand like cultural references and like just things where I was like I haven't seen that I don't know what that is um yeah I felt yeah just ill-equipped um and like so far behind everyone else I was like all these people are starting from like this place of like knowledge and like you know people and like politics and all of this stuff that was just so foreign to me and having to learn that and then also like exploring my own gender and sexuality and um and then also like I think again the black and white thinking not realizing that it was like oh because I was just sort of like well if you didn't grow up like I did in the church like I did and you're liberal-ish you have right opinions and you are cool and chill and you treat people with respect which would be ideal, but is not the case. Like people are complicated and have all kinds of different opinions. And like, so yeah, just like this trauma of like how frightening and unsettling that feels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and like, yeah, super invested in like the acting studio that I was placed in because it was. It was a new, it was like a new religion. It was a new thing for me to focus all the spiritual energy on. Um, And so even like now I had to then like learn how to divest from that because I, I feel like the, like since I've graduated college, a lot of the like work I've been trying to do on myself is examining these patterns and ways of thinking that were so ingrained into me Um, because like I keep repeating it but it doesn't go away when you leave and it's been a lot of like active work to be like oh I actually have to like investigate why I'm like why I want to exist in these binaries or like why or what the alternative is and and also just like figuring out like what I actually think and what I actually believe and what I value um And also just like being able to be like, I can just do things for the sake of my own pleasure because it brings me a sense of like joy and fulfillment and it doesn't have to be for anything. Um, Yeah. Because I think it, it was really easy to go from church into an arts degree where it's like, all right, you're doing this creative thing that you're putting your heart and your soul into and it's for something. It's for you, it's for your career, but it's for something. It means something. Um, Yeah, that's like reflecting, you know, kind of just on me seeing people leave the church and what we talked about, like not having the tools um, to like face the world that you're thrown into. Um, I, I think it's really easy when you're in the church and it's what I felt and I think what a lot of people felt and, you know, obviously we'll still feel when things, when people leave the church, it's like they see people kind of falling apart when they leave the church. 
And in my view, when I saw that happen, I was like, well, yeah, they're not like, they're not Christian. Yeah, they're it, not doing the right things. Yeah, it valid. You're like, yeah. of course, of course, that's what it's would like happen. You've, you've made bad friends who are a bad influence on you. Mm -hmm. And you're making bad choices and you're putting yourself in bad situations. So obviously bad things are going to mm -hmm. happen to you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very like um, reinforcing of, you know, the It's just confirmation beliefs. bias. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I yeah, know, that's and that... why it's great to hear these stories of, you know, longer term of like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, yes, they went through a hard time, but like, yeah. was it because they were making bad choices or because they didn't know how to operate in the world like they couldn't exactly. operate in the christian church world and then they left and then it's like well okay i have literally no community well, and then you, so. yeah well and you also have to start dealing with your problems mm -hmm. in a more tangible real way like i didn't start going to therapy and i i love therapy go to therapy it's great um but I didn't like started going to therapy in my like mid twenties and Oh my god, your cat is on the roof. Monster. <laughs> He's crazy. Um yeah, I started going to therapy in my mid twenties and you know, actually doing I don't know, being validated and unpacking these things of the the you know, things that were traumatic and painful. Um I like zoning out a little bit, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're, you're still going, charting your path through life and sorting out a lot of this yeah. kind of residual stuff that you went through and yeah, it's hard. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And I mean, that's just to some extent, that's just growing up. That's just being a human. That's just being a person. Well, um, I mean, being a person, yeah. having been influenced and under the thumb of something for so long. Yeah. Yeah. It's slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, think yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, I I know that like all the people we've talked to, they're all still kind of sorting things out after all these years, and, and that can't be hard. But yeah, I mean, it's really appreciative, I think, f to hear your story and for you to share, and and you know, it can't be easy sometimes uh, talking about this stuff. Um, so yeah, just thanks for doing that. Yeah. Again, thank you so much i and i think it's it's important and i think and i hope it i hope every all of these are validating to someone somewhere that like you're not alone you're not wrong for feeling this way um yeah yeah no i mean this has been great um and i i hate to wrap up we just we, no <laughs> we're trying to keep these two about an hour ish but no i'm looking yeah. i'm like oh, is there I'm anything uh, you want to plug for yourself oh god um i don't think so oh there's a great artist on instagram i sent her to mm -hmm. justin um and there's like i don't know this woman her name's also stephanie um but she makes she's a like an illustrator and has made some really fantastic um comics um about like her deconstruction oh, and divesting from christianity oh, cool. um that have been extremely validating um for me just to like see it like drawn out on the page i think i believe her name is stephanie selvi like we'll, th we'll throw it in the show notes yeah but i would recommend her to anyone that's like 
questioning their cool. faith and grappling with their the trauma that was inflicted on them by purity culture, mm-hmm. by the rigidity of these systems. Uh, she just illustrates it in a really beautiful way. And yeah, I don't know, comes from a place where she's not like, I've got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's got anything figured out. That's no. That's the the beauty and the terror <laughs> yeah. of it all. It's a we haven't even figured out our outro music, so we're right. still. <laughs> it's... Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Look, you want to do a countdown, Justin? We'll actually do it. Oh yeah, uh, I was going to say really quick. It was Stephanie Stalvey. <laughs> Stalvey. I, I hope we're not. Yeah, she's no. great. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, let's let's do this outro. Um, five, four, three, two, one. I feel like it's like a game show or something. Price is right. Sponsored yeah, your by wave, BetterHelp. Wave to camera. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, BetterHelp would have a field know, right? day with your content. <laughs> right. We already like said something negative about them on like the first episode. We didn't say anything negative. We said they should sponsor us and we'll take their money. (laughs) One person I know had a not great experience. Oh, really? Oh, Oh, yeah, no. I am very skeptical of BetterHelp because I know people that have had bad experiences. It's also just like, do we need to gamify therapy? Okay, BetterHelp, if you're considering sponsoring us, you didn't hear that part. (laughs) Yeah, no, BetterHelp, give them money. (laughs) Worse help. Um, we have money yeah. to give we love well, thanks you. for taking um time on a saturday to do all this yeah thank you again so much this was really nice i hope um i hope i didn't ramble yeah, too much great. i hope it yeah. made sense yeah. um it's awesome yeah this is really cool i've been really excited about doing this um yeah my therapist is really <laughs> excited i told her and she's like oh, i can't wait uh, are you gonna show the episode to her? yeah oh interesting yeah okay yeah um, we'll try to get the editing tight on it then. <laughs> oh yeah, no, don't, no rush. But yeah, she she was like, you have to send it to me when it's ready. That's um, awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I let, yeah. We'll stay in touch because um, it's it's good to have people to talk to about this stuff. And... Yeah, absolutely. And like, I there's a ton of people I know who are like peripheral to that. If you're ever, I'm sure you're not in want of guests, but. Um, I was telling Evan, like, yeah, I've got a few people in mind. Like, we'll see how long this lasts. And then it's like, oh, like, everyone I talk to has more oh. people. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, have you? D-? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we all feel it's... alone. So Exactly. And but that's been what has been so gratifying in the last few years, like reconnecting with a lot of people from that time in my life now that we've gone on our own journeys. Um, yeah. 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 Well, cool. Cool. <laughs> Guess we'll just end it on that. Cool. <laughs> right, thanks, Stephanie. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a wonderful rest yeah, of you your too. Saturday. You too. Bye. Bye.